We are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 39 with Eric Pinhat. We'll bring him in in one moment. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way. First and foremost, right below my mic stand here, bang, right there, Elevation 1470 is reinventing the style and bringing traditional and nostalgic apparel to Frackville and the surrounding areas in Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania. They pride themselves on hometown heritage and community. Elevation 1470 is where the trail begins. You can find them at www.elevation1470.com to find the latest and traditional nostalgic style in Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania. Um, and they and from now till uh, March, the end of March 2023, if you use the code I L O V E. ABJ, uh, you'll get 15% off your entire shop. Uh, so go check out that offer code. I have a hoodie coming in soon. It is the uh, the Schuylkill Mall hoodie, which if you know, you know, I loved my Schuylkill Mall. It's one of my favorite places to be. Uh, so now there's a hoodie I can represent my favorite place of my childhood. But go, go check them out. Also, links below for myself as well as my guest and merchandise and support. We have a brand new logo out. So I get all told all the time, bro, you look and sound like Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens and you look like Kevin Owens and all that. And he's one of my favorites. He's probably my favorite wrestler on the scene right now. So I love it. So we have the new ABJ logo. It's all duct tape. And it looks like the KO logo. Uh, so huge thanks to Kai. He's from our Discord. And if you want to join our Discord, uh, the links are that uh, it'll pop up in the chat as well, as well as the links below. Um, this week we have the uh, Eric Pinhead episode. Next week, his tag team partner is going to be joining us with Brad DeMeo, then Nathaniel Cunningham, and then rounding out the month with Mary Elizabeth. So we have a lot of great stuff. The entire month of um, April has been booked. And uh, so there's a ton and tons and tons of ABJ coming at you. Uh, the next month we'll actually hit 50 episodes, which is crazy. The audio side, we are really, really close to uh, 700 plays, which is insane because um, we just started in October. Um, we're 10 subscribers away from, I think, what, seven, 600, 600 on YouTube. Uh, so thank you guys so much for the support. If you are on the audio side, leave five star reviews or any. I'm not going to tell you to leave a five. You leave whatever you want. But right. Write something in the uh, the comments uh, as well as Spotify. There is a feature there now. It says, "What you thought of the episode?" You could type in a little message, and I will start reading them out on the podcast. Um, I don't think I got any new ones, and if I did and I didn't see your message, please tell me because maybe I'm just not getting alerted. Um, so I have to go check that out as well. But uh, that's pretty much all I got for the housekeeping side of things. Um, over the weekend, High Tension Wrestling happened. That was a lot of fun. Huge thank you to them for letting me host. Um, hosting then turned into ringing announcing, and uh, it was fucking terrifying. Uh, I hope I did a good job. Everyone said it was fun. Um, so that was another bucket list off my independent wrestling uh bingo card i guess but it was a lot of fun uh it is really nice when you're when you're surrounded by friends in a locker room that you could feel confident enough to go try stuff like that while you're having an anxiety attack um coming up very soon uh pennsylvania wild the goons will be there uh with uh smash master wrestling let me take that scroller off so if you're watching uh you can see the info um it's not what i want What's happening? I'm clicking everything. Um, Saturday, May 6th, March, uh, Throop Civic Center, 500 Sanderson Street through Pennsylvania. Doors open at 5. Show starts at 6. All seats, 20 bucks. Kids under 12 are free. If you go and, and get your tickets, <clears throat> use code ABJ. You get a discount. Um, I don't get anything for the discount. I chose not to. I want to put all the money back into the promotion because I love them, and they do a great job. But uh, use that discount just so people know you're getting it from here. That'd be kind of dope to show my value. But support them and come out to the show. And come hang out. 
So without further ado, let's get this episode 39 started with one half of the Diamond City War Machines. Uh, one of one of the people of, of this tag team who have been like they put me under their their wing. No eagle reference there at all, uh, and 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 guided me through this business. They're amazing people. They're someone you always want in your locker room. Multi. He's he's the guy who taught me uh, when you show up at a show, even if you're not booked, uh, just do do anything needed to help the show get done and get done smooth. And uh, whether it be sound, whether it be helping fix broken rings, whether it be uh, photography this guy does it all uh and and he can lace up some boots and beat some people's asses so he's definitely a role model of mine in this business and somebody i love so i'm gonna bring him in without further ado eric pinhat what's up buddy what's going on man that was one heck of an intro i was not expecting that yeah dude you are like and i mean it all and i i think you've probably been mentioned you and brad have been mentioned on my content more than everybody on the channel uh, because because of those reasons, um, I, I've had tons and tons of heart to hearts with you and conversations and, you know, trying to navigate this thing of, of of becoming a content creator, entering a pro wrestling scene. And and if you're not careful, man, you can you can step on some landmines and this business can eat you up and chew you out. And I think a lot of that I, I got to uh, navigate better. I mean, I still had my my trip ups here and there because I'm a psycho, but like a lot of it, I na- my navigation through this business um has been because of you because you're like hey man just be careful of this don't stay away from that do this try this uh hey they need you to do this just go do it you got it you got you know what i mean like and that that's been you a lot of my my wrestling uh, career helping me out thank you well that's the example i want to set and that's kind of why i'm still doing this is to set that example for the younger people so that when they're the older guy like me and you are around for a while like me you guys can then set that example for the next generation because the generations uh, like mine and before didn't have shit like that and sucks you know what i mean yeah well well that's the thing too it's 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 not just wrestling it could be the music scene it could be really anything when people are in an industry they they become bitter they become jaded they become I got screwed over, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No one, no one extended the hand for me, so I'm not gonna extend the hand to the next person. And and I'm sure we'll talk about in your journey that has happened plenty of times. What what makes someone like you turn try to change the culture and try to say I'm not gonna be that person? I realized it was a big part of why I didn't succeed. Is not having a support system behind me to not only tell me what I was doing wrong, but to encourage me to do things right. Um, so by the time I learned all of that, it was kind of too late. So I'm trying to get these young kids while they're younger and get them into good habits before it gets too late. You know what I mean? Makes sense? Absolutely. What would you say is some of the biggest uh things you can just at the top of your head that things that you can get caught up in this business and, and, and try to navigate yourself around. Um, like what, like you mean things you shouldn't do? Yeah. Yeah. Or things just to be mindful of. It's really hard to nail down things like that. Cause it's situational based. Mm-hmm. Um, like the old mentality was to come in, shut up, do what you're told by the vets and, you know what I mean? And get your ass beat basically when you're, when you were working with them. And I fell into that for a while because that's how you're trained is that's how it is. And then one day it's like, wait, no, it doesn't have to be this way. 
you know what yeah. i mean um but really hard to nail down like specifics off the top of my head on what you should or shouldn't do um but if you have like a situation or if somebody ever any one of the young kids ever has a situation i hope they all know they can always come to me and i'll try to help my best yeah and you're one of those veterans too if someone comes to you and be like hey i'm being disrespected or i'm being treated wrong uh you you are and this is another reason why i love you you guys is you're not afraid to be like yo you're like you'll go to that person be like yo chill with that shit you know what i mean like there's no reason that has to be that way you know I, and i've seen i've seen you not go toe to toe but i've seen you stand up for yourself i've seen you take situations where somebody in the locker room be like there's no way i would say that to that person and you're like yo what the fuck's up with that like why did why was it done like that you know what i mean I'm not saying that you're causing problems but you're speaking up when at, at the at the at the proper times yeah, that's that's. I'm always the guy who speaks up. <laughs> Pretty much, I, I kind of say that I say what others are thinking, but they don't want to say is kind of what I do. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's bad. Amen. Um, with me. Um, one recent scenario I can give you on that first question. So there was a show, and there were some young wrestlers sitting in the crowd. They weren't trying to encourage the crowd to cheer and boo. They were heckling their fellow wrestlers, and that's not cool okay you know yeah. what i mean like you mm -hmm. heckle like if, if somebody botches something you shouldn't as a worker if you're sitting in the crowd you should not call that out you see what i'm saying oh really? that's what was happening oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's i, I not don't know best. if it was exactly that i don't know if that's exactly what they were heckling but i know i said something and a couple other people told them hey you know don't do that it's okay to sit in the crowd and encourage yeah be part of the crowd help 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 helping engage the experience but it's yeah it's not cool to put your essential co-workers down yeah no totally that 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 does suck um but yeah so how did you get involved in this uh insane business i know we've your your story has come up bits and pieces here through other people on the podcast but uh how did you get involved in this business of, of professional wrestling i mean what really made me want to do it was watching hogan and bundy in the big blue cage but i never thought that it was actually possible to do anything like that um some friends in high school were backyard wrestling so i started doing that with them and it was dumb we did a lot of crazy stuff <laughs> but we were at an ecw show and there was this group called vcw passing out flyers at the ecw show and being the you know uh, offensive teenagers that we were we took their flyers and threw them on the ground and stomped on them right in front of them <laughs> nothing <laughs> Not thinking anything of it. Um, a couple months later, we had completely forgot about it. And we saw this place was offering uh, pro wrestling in Wilkes Fair. So we walked in and sure as shit, it was those same guys who we stomped on their flyers right in the face. Um, we had forgotten about it, but I don't think they did. But they still kind of, you know, welcomed us in. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So, so you essentially started with the uh, the backyard crew and then uh, transitioned over to becoming trained through that process? Yeah. So at the beginning, like that BCW thing, it wasn't like fully trained professional wrestling. Um, it was like a step above backyard wrestling, but a step below fully trained wrestling. It's kind of like a gray area. Yeah. Um, and then when that got shut down because we were running shows without a license um, that were actually drawing more than the indie shows in the area, then that got shut down so we ended up in the original backbreakers my training class there was with justin glory who eventually bought backbreakers oh so you were part of justin's introduction too i was there for glory's first bump holy shit 
That's pretty cool that you yeah. like you you went from that to then watch the guy take over the company and and essentially yeah. start another revolution of prof- like indie wrestling, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was me and my old tag team partner Kevin and Glory were the three main students and then Draven Blaze, he wasn't like actually a student but he trained with us a lot. Interesting. Yeah, JS Michael says uh we still love you anyway, VCW VCW VCW. <laughs> it was um that vcw thing like we sucked we were terrible but that wrestling family that that i built then that we built i should say then is still tight today and i wish that i could find a way to do that for indie locker rooms is bring people together i tell you your family when i tell you your family or call you brother like a lot of people knock that and they're like oh you know it's stupid it's silly i mean it because I have it, and we, you know what I mean through wrestling. Yeah, absolutely, it can be achieved. Yeah, so like, I, 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 that, I, I, I that it does seem very, very cliche, and I know we always make jokes when the meeting starts by saying like, "Oh, I would take this locker over." Oh, it, it's always a joke when this team meeting's coming, and people are very lighthearted about it. But I will say, when it comes to the Northeast wrestling scene, when you go to a place like Sanctuary, or you go to a place like Smash Master, or you go to a place like High Tension, and I'm not just putting them over because they're friends, but they are. They're fan. Like that's that's our family locker room. And when other talent come into the locker room, they definitely see the change. They see the difference. They see. The, the like because they're welcomed in you know what i mean it's i've been other promotions and i've been very fortunate that for the most part i walked into good locker rooms and i've been around other good locker rooms and i try to bring that feel from what i've learned from where i've come from to those locker rooms as well um but it's 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 way different um when someone I who at smash too. i saw it start at smash last month when we didn't have a ring four hours before bell time and everyone pulled together and put that show on that i've never the, seen so many talent put together one ring that it was, was insane the beginning of that. yeah and it was because someone didn't want to be part of that community that we thought they were part of the community with us and they essentially created a fire that um which is going to be I not a problem no, me neither. Yeah, but, but 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 I think it was done underhandedly to be like, hey, we're gonna shut this down, and all they did was create a stronger locker room. And yeah, thank you, hundred percent. Um, what it was, what the, the, remember that old mentality that I was just talking about that was bullshit. That's yeah. how that's that that's literally what happened there. It was the old pro wrestling mentality. It's my I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna take over the territory, and it's nobody else is gonna be there. Like that's that's what that was. And I hear that and I run. I turn <laughs> coat and I run. If you if I walk into your locker room and you say, I'm going to take over this entire scene, I, I don't want to be part of that. I love when promotions work together. I like when you go to a show and and somebody new comes in the door and they're like, Hey, I work for this promotion. You're like, Oh, cool. This this match is now a version of what that promotion does here. You know what I mean? Like this match is sponsored or this match is a showcase of this promotion because this person's a champion there. I think that's a cool way to put over another promotion and and build those com- com- connections and community. I don't know. I love it. I, I like when promotions do stuff like that. I like when promotions get together and work together. Um, it costs a lot of money to build a territory and to get fans in that territory to come and, and, and realize that professional wrestling is there. So if you're running the same, the following weekend as me as a promoter, I should, I would be like, thank you for dumping money into this scene as well. 
um, because you're helping build. Now, you may go and shit the bed and put on a terrible performance, but I know my locker room is going to be good. And my shows are going to be good, but you're you're essentially helping me grow an area, you know? Right. Yeah, that's that's the way pro wrestling used to work. It's It was all about me instead of all about we. And it's still there, there's still a lot of that around, but not as bad as it was. Um, the way I kind of look at it is if we succeed, then I succeed. And all of the eyes in that we succeed. Yeah. But if you're undercut to try to succeed, that's not going to work. And now, that's you what see, happened there. You kind of talked about... Oh, sorry, there's a little bit of delay. I apologize for stepping on you. Um, now, you said a while there, like you said, you know, you're, you're very passionate and you love what you do. And 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 I don't want to word this wrong and make it sound like it's it's a negative because it's totally not. But like you've been around a very, very long time. And you said like uh, you felt a lot of your success probably didn't happen because you got stuck behind that nonsense. How do you approach entering this field, this craft? Um, and keep that balance between I, I I love what I'm doing here. I'm chasing a dream, but also like maybe I'll never make that big step, but watching your peers around you do that. How do you balance that mentally? I mean, it's easy. I, I accepted a very long time ago that my time had already passed and there was no shot at that. But that doesn't mean that what I have isn't pretty damn cool. I mean, you've, you've got kids like Gavin who I didn't know Gavin and he drew a picture of me on his own time at home with his father in his own house. And they do that for everyone. So while I may yeah. not make it to the big stage, things like that make it still worth it. Things like helping out the young kids, um, you know, after their match, they might be feeling down or whatever. They mess something up and just trying to trying to bring them back up and seeing them come back and get it next time. Things like that make it worth it. Um, it's so it's the dream was initially to make it but now the goal is to have fun and help people follow mm -hmm. no i totally totally get it like and that honestly man like when i and, and that's kind of why like maybe one of the things that i had to get stopped doing is worrying about other people because that that definitely is something a trap i fell into especially in the content creating space like i would walk into a locker room and be like Hey, I'm here as a content creator, but I kind of put my banner down as a content creator because of advice you have given me, have Brad have given me, uh, ha that Pete has given me and be like, no, when you're here, you fly the banner of the promotion you're working, you're being brought in under that promotion, whether you're being paid or not, um, and do whatever it takes to make the show good and make everyone around you as a team experience. And then you do that and then you watch another content creator come in and they only make it about themselves. And you're like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? And then I get pissed, you know what I mean? But that honestly though, but that's, I, I wouldn't trade that because I do like coming into a locker room and saying, I'm not ABJ, the ABJ podcast. I'm Anthony Blackwell, part of smash master locker room are part of high tension locker room. I'm, I'm sanctuary and I'm here and whatever I can do to help make a show good. I'm going to do that. And then you bring someone like a BP along who has the same mentality. And he's like, well, whatever you need, I'll, I'll sweep a floor if I need to be whatever, whatever gets the show in and out of the build the building. And it goes without a hitch and, and, and just you instilling that into us because that's what, what you bring to a locker room is I absolutely love that. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm never going to be the best wrestler on any show that I'm ever on, but I found other ways to make myself valuable. Follow yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and, and, and we've talked about it before in the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I always said like, if I were to start a promotion or if I was part of a promotion, 
uh, I would book, I'd book you and Brad every show, even if you're not going to wrestle that day. I would just, I would love to have you in the locker room because of what you guys bring to the table. You guys are locker room leaders. You're, you're there to be like, Hey, agenting match. Like, honestly, if that day ever came where you're like, I don't want to wrestle anymore. I would hope you would stick around the scene and help agent matches or help people put their matches together or help storylines or help whatever that may be. Cause I, I feel like you, you guys do bring so much to a table, whether it be that are taking photos or helping, like I've seen you help wrestlers. I've seen you help photographers. I've seen you help Brian become a sound guy. Like I've seen you go to a show and a ring completely fall apart. And you're like, we need this, this, and this. I already Googled it down the street at Lowe's. We can buy it. We can get it together. We'll make it work. I've seen you do. I've seen you completely save shows that, and no one and no fan standing outside before they came in, even know any of that happened. And then you come out and do a show and then leave and realize that you're, you'd never asked for the, the, the uh, acknowledgement. You've never put the cape on and said, it was all me. I did it. This would have never happened without me. You just do it and leave. And then you go on to your next gig. And, and I really respect that about you. Thank you. I hope the young kids see it and, I, I try my best again. I, I, it's so, it seems like that's all I'm saying, but that's really what I'm trying to set is that example is for them to learn that and make themselves valuable. Learn, like, literally, the only thing I've never done in wrestling is ring announce. It's terrifying. It's literally, <laughs> yeah. I, when you were making your intro, I was like, oh, he's got one up on me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I found out 15 minutes before door I was doing it and I was like I'm gonna fuck this up, but I I guess I did well. They said I did a great job. I it was a fun experience. I, I mentally shut off, like I just went numb and just everything went into blackout mode and I just went with it. And then by the main event is when I slowly like came back to because I was like oh okay I'm good now. But I don't remember much of the show. But I I, I remember like what I do remember is that I had a fun time. Just be this guy that's on the podcast and you'll be fine. Yeah, well, my first—I do remember the first two times I went out there, and I tried to get excited with my voice, um, and let, instead of letting mm-hmm. the microphone do its job, I tried to go louder, and my voice cracked, and uh, I, I squeaked, <laughs> and I literally made the joke. Well, it is a '90s themed wrestling show, so I'm going through puberty again. That was my joke, and everyone laughed. So, yeah, so saved it, yeah, man, but it was like, be yourself with stuff like that, like it's easy to be yourself and uh, I'm going to use myself as an example. There's a reason there's no character for Eric Pinna is because I'm not good at playing a character, but I am good at being myself. And that's who you say in the ring. So yeah, it's turned up a little bit for the situation, but I'm good at being me. So that's who you see in the crowd or in the ring when yeah. you sit in the crowd. How, how did the term or the character or the name of Eric Pinhat? come about so you haven't really done it i would say in a couple years you like the 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 pin hat has not shown up in a while uh how did that start and why did it end so how it or the reason i don't wear it anymore is because everyone pretty much knows what it came from um but and it's really heavy and annoying so (laughs) that's why i don't wear it anymore but i'm always afraid i'm gonna lose pins i freak out because the pins are expensive yeah, though I mean the pins that were on the original one, they were old, but they were like sentimental value things. So definitely mm-hmm. bugging me if I lost. Um, I used to give it to like Sandy when she'd sit ringside and be like, "Here, hold this for me until I'm done," because <laughs> I don't want to yeah. lose them. 
But how it started was I used to go to a lot of hardcore punk shows. And back in like the early 2000s, there was this dude who would bring big plastic bins of pins. And you just dig through them, buy one, buy two, and put it on my hat, put it on my hat, put another one. Eventually, my whole fucking hat was filled with pins, and somebody called me Pin Hat. And that's where it started from. <laughs> it was not what? wrestling. It was not a wrestling nickname. It just kind of became a wrestling name. But yeah, that's where it came from. What's one of your favorite pins that you still have? I have a Space Jam Michael Jordan pin from when I was like, seven or eight whatever year that movie came out and also a joker and batman 89 pin from when they first came out from they're actually from childhood they're not like repurchases so those yeah those are the yeah they're not on that they're not on there anymore yeah now you are a giant i'm gonna bounce around a little here from wrestling to this because now you got me i I love the pop culture stop you go back real quick i'm gonna stop and go back to the pin hat topic so at one point in time there was a time where if you pushed a pin on my head, I could tell you which one you were touching. Really? Yes. I knew where they were on the hat, and if you pointed at it and like pushed it in, I could tell you which one it was. <laughs> well, the chat has already uh, acknowledged what's about what, what's about to come next. Uh, Billy the Converse Kid, who does the intro and outro music for all of my stuff, says, me over here loving the Turtles collection. Um, yes, you do have one of the greatest turtle collections. Uh, I, I would say turtles besides professional wrestling, the Ninja Turtles were probably my first love. Um, if when I was a kid, I collected two things and that was wrestling stuff and Ninja Turtle stuff. So were you, were you comic book turtle fan or were you like myself? Cause I was, I was born in 86 turtles were already out a couple years before that. Um, but I was the car- cartoon turtles got me into Ninja Turtles. Where, where, where did your love and where did your, your, your fall, your falling into this TMNT start for you? So it was the cartoons because it was free and we were poor. So I wasn't yeah. getting any of that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's essentially where I came from. If I could have been a Ninja Turtle instead of a wrestler, I definitely would have been a Ninja Turtle. Same. <laughs> How how big is your collection? I know so that if, if for those who can't see at home, it goes all the way back to that back wall, and then it shoots all the way down the wall that's there. That's it's it's all shells, and it's filled with stuff. So there are six six foot tall shelves that are like two feet wide, and it's I mean they're filled, but not all with TMNT, but it's a majority is TMNT. Yeah. Um, and if you do go to his uh, Instagram and I believe most of his social media, he does uh, photography, uh, as we talked about before. He does wrestling photography, but he also does figure photography. And it's really fucking good. Like, you're good at what you do. Um, so if you want to check out most of his collection, it is on his social media. So go follow him. But which turtle you is your... Real quick? Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, this I, please, turtle, please do. But this, is, this is one of my most prized action figure possessions. This Hulk Hogan right here. I had that he's as a kid. First, he's, he's my very first figure. It's the actual original from childhood. He has seen better days, but I won't get rid of him because he's my original. I, I, I honestly, now like I'm looking back on it, my first original figure might have been that same exact one. No bullshit. Um, yeah. I lost everything in a house fire. So all of my childhood, all of my action figures, everything. So when I see like, like I had no bull like i had a, most of the original 
line, uh, the what is the LGN line. I had most of that. I had a lot of the, the the dog toys, like the rubber ones, like the Hogan. I had. I had a Sheik. I had a uh, um, a Macho Man. I had a, a George Animal Steel. I had a lot of those, but I lost like everything. Um, but my probably the biggest thing I collected at the time was Ninja Turtles and then Power Rangers. I had everything when it came to those. But uh, they said in the chat, which is your favorite turtle? Leo. No hesitation. You're a Leo guy? Yeah, no hesitation. What makes Leo your favorite? Um, I mean, as a kid, I just kind of picked Leo. Um, but as an adult, Leo is the leader. He is the calm, cool, collected guy, usually, um, who tries to set an example for his brothers. <laughs> it's weird, but think about that. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's essentially me. <laughs> um, I didn't know that I, when I chose him as my favorite turtle. Uh, you know what I mean? I just chose Leo for whatever reason. I, I literally yeah. can't even tell you. I, uh, as a kid, I was, I was the Mikey guy. Everyone likes the comic relief. As I got older, I associated myself more with Raphael, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the hard headed, uh, drop at a dime type guy. But I, yeah. uh, my favorite then once I seen him, I was like, Oh, I, I, I like the turtles, but he's not my favorite character in the show. I, I became a Casey Jones guy. Love Casey Jones. That was my, yeah. that was my go-to. Yeah. There's, there's a couple Casey figures over here. I see your super shredder here. You got your Kevin Nash up there. There's your wrestling and turtle. There's three of them. There's three different super shredders up there. <laughs> this, um, this I, is probably my favorite turtles figure though. This guy right here. He's from the comic Last Ronin line. What a fantastic book that is. Yes. That's probably my uh, if favorite. you if you don't know um what the Last Ronin is, that it, it is essentially a a story told um years and years and years into the future, um, where there's only one Ninja Turtle left. Uh the rest of them have died, and there's one left. And they don't tell you until I think the end of the books, first book, second book um that who the last turtle standing is and then they tell you the whole story how all the turtles died and then this turtle essentially is having hallucination hallucinations or flashbacks of his brother still talking to him and uh, and 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 still like like the ghost of him like kind of mentally losing his mind uh it's it's a great great book and if you're a turtles fan it's it's a it's a must read i hope they actually make that into like an animated or an actual movie i would love to see a movie of it yeah, they, I just I think mean, it'd be tough because it it is kid friendly, but that one's really not. Right. Yeah, that's why this, that's why Secret of Use was so dumbed down is because of kids, and well, I shouldn't say because of kids, because the mom's crying because it was too violent for their kids. The first yeah. Hmm. Uh, if if you if you uh besides the turtles themselves, who's another uh maybe a character of the series that you're a big fan of? I don't even know. I never put thought into that. Who an alternate character is. I don't know much really? about the character, but I, I I was always into the rabbit. But he was like an outside turtle character that then became a turtle. Where's Usagi? There's Usagi. He's right there. I can yeah, Usagi. This fella. Yeah. So he was actually not written for the Turtles comic. He was his own comic, and then they blended them together. Correct. Yeah, I, I believe that's how it worked. Yeah. 
All right, we got nerdy. I love that. That was my favorite. Uh, what, <laughs> do, what do you think of the new trailer? Did, did you see the new trailer of the new movie? I did. I'm curious. Um, there's a big uproar over April. It's whatever to me. It's like, it's you know, it's the character. It didn't ruin my childhood because this, they didn't change the original. It's still the same. Um, yeah. And just because just because she doesn't look the same, like people are. Yeah, she's not a white redhead anymore. She is she is she is a person of color in the new comic. But exactly, uh, Eastman said when he originally had the idea of of April, he wanted her to be uh, African American. He wanted to be black. He wanted her to be black. Um, and he was she was yeah. actually named after a uh, a friend or someone he knew named April, and she was she was a person of color. So it's it's kind of almost bringing yeah. April to what he originally wanted April to be, and but now. Yeah, like it literally doesn't fucking matter. Like, what if? Not at like, all. It's a good story. It's a good story. It doesn't matter what color the characters' skin are. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I, I hope they make the a. Thing a, a that'll uh, take some adjustment for me is Donnie's voice is a little weird. Yeah. So in this but, movie, they are teenage mutant ninja turtles, but they're not like 17, 18 year old turtles. They are like like 12 13 year olds like they're younger like and they have the squeakier yeah. voices like they haven't hit pu- like they're like the ninja turtles who haven't hit puberty yet i'm kind of into that like they are still very child mind like they're pre-teens yeah. i i'm into that and i think like them kind of going through all because it's stacked full of villains there's so many villains in this movie uh and they're going to kind of go through these villains and then i think at the, what they're going to do at the very end shredder is going to appear and then hopefully that leads into the second movie or then Shredder's involved. But I kind of think it's cool you're going to see, hopefully this is what they do. They make it a longstanding series where the turtles essentially grow up. Like you watch them become preteens to adolescent teens and the voice actors grow up with them. And and, and like you kind of see the development of the new series. I think that'd be really, really fun. Yeah, it would. It would. It just depends on that old cash flow. <laughs> Yeah, let people go watch it. Please, God, go watch it. Um, that's been a new thing for us. Like we've been going to movies a lot. I've been getting the. We drive like an hour to go see movies because we go up to music. We go up to your neck of the woods. Um, Why? Because we have the. Because uh, we don't really have good theaters near us. Like Bloomsburg is good, but I like the music theater. I like those leather seats. I like the way it's set up. I like the food. I like just everything about it. It's you can get in, you can get out. It's nice. I love music music theater. And then we do the uh, Cinemark Pass, where you pay like ten bucks a month, and they give you one free ticket and then bonus for every dollar you spend in like a reward system. So we've been going to see a lot of stuff, but. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Um, but Turtles, Turtles, and Mario are probably my two like childhood movies, and I'm excited for uh, this year when they come out. Yeah, I'm excited for Mario too. I'll be the only 40 year old sitting in the theater watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right there with you. Uh, uh, I can't. I think it looks so good. But uh, let's let's dive let's dive back into wrestling quick here. Um, I like that little side tangent. I knew somebody in the chat was mentioning like, yo, look at all that turtle shit. But so we, we, we knocked that's that out. Literally, that was, that was a prompt. That was a prompt to get it mentioned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Listen, you're not you're collecting it for a reason. You want people to see it. Um, so you said growing up, Bundy and Hogan were your guys. Uh, who would you say if people were to be like, where does if Eric Pinhat got his his style or he mimics or emulates uh, on, on what we've seen as a wrestler. Who were people that you, you, you pull from when it comes to your style? I don't really have a style. I like to keep it simple and tell a story. If that story involves me doing one thing, then I'll do one thing. If that story involves me 
doing option two, then I'll do option two, you know? Um, so these are like, there's no specific wrestler that I can say I take from. It's just story-based wrestling is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. The easiest way I could describe it is like a lot of wrestling today. And there's nothing wrong with the way they wrestle. It's a different flavor of ice cream, but they're working for this kind of pop. And I'm working for this kind of pop. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. People people that are driving in their cars now are just, they just swerve off the road. Excitement. Yeah, this kind of pop is excitement. This kind of pop means they care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You you want it you want to build them. You want you want to take them on a roller coaster ride. Like there's nothing wrong with hitting the 450 or hitting the the crazy, you know, big spot, but if if you can do that and tell a story as you're going, it definitely uh it definitely it's a different style man even for commentary man when you watch commentary if you watch a bunch of guys just doing tope suicidas and jumping and flying it's like oh that's cool but as a commentary if you can tell them a story as the match goes on it, it makes it a lot better um do you prefer working baby face or heel because you guys you guys fluctuate a lot <laughs> it really depends on the crowd you know and it also depends on who you're working with to work that crowd because if you're a baby face and you don't have a good heel, then being a baby face tonight sucks, you know, because the mm-hmm. heel didn't get the crowd pissed off. And it's harder to get that baby face reaction if the crowd's not pissed off at the heel. Yeah. So it really depends on the situation on which one I prefer. Yeah. Um, Converse kid. So if, if you guys have questions, please keep them in, keep them going. But uh, if you have you ever had a story uh, that you disliked or a match that you were uh, you were not in? I guess a story that you that you worked, I guess that you didn't like. I mean, young in my career, yes. I don't want to get into specifics on it because I like the people who were in it, but the trainer made us do shitty things and just wasn't fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's what I mean. Like one uh, one weekend we did a show at the Fernwood Resort. It's now burned down. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The show was only on Saturday, but the students had to get there on Friday, set the ring up, stay, have everything ready for the show Saturday, wrestle, stay, take the ring down on Sunday and load it back up. Um, The trainer gave us a three-minute match that day for all that work, and we didn't even get paid. Like, that's how bad wrestling was. So that's like some of the stuff that... Yeah, that's some of the stuff that I've done that I didn't like. Um, I don't think I ever wrestled anyone. Yeah, I don't think I ever wrestled anyone like that I generally didn't like or that the story was bad. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, is there any matches that stick out for you that uh, that will always be one of your some of your favorites? Um, yes. So I wrestled one of my old tag team partners, Mike, in his very first match. He wasn't finished training yet, but he was about to get deployed for Chris or for military right before Christmas. And I had the job of going out there and giving him his first match in front of his family, because who knows if he was ever going to have another match, you know, like he was literally going to Iraq. So there was a chance that he never got back. Um, so that will always hold a special place. That was really hard because he wasn't fully trained first match jitters you know what i mean all the shit that was probably going through his head um making it yeah it was it was it was hard to do but it's always going to be a special moment um 
I really enjoyed working with Ricky Price and MJ Stacks recently. Yeah, because... I, I was literally going to say um, that match. I'm I'm happy I was on commentary. It sucks. The footage is gone and no one's ever going to see it because um, the camera I, got unplugged. I just don't have that. Yeah, I have the footage of, from my camera because I had a feeling this was going to happen, um, but I don't have your commentary on it. Yeah, I have the commentary audio if you want it. <laughs> um, but uh, that, I don't want to say it was a torch passing because you guys are far from done yet, but it, it it felt like a torch passing. like Because Backbreaker is not a thing anymore. High Ground is the new thing. Uh, they are the new tag team on the scene, but I, I just, there's a lot of parallels there and and you guys went out there and put on a fantastic match and and it was cool because i think they're very similar that they can go out and work heel one night that they can go out and work babyface they can flip halfway through a match i've seen you guys do that as well where you start the match as babyfaces end as heels end as heels start as babyface like the whole nine um and then you guys went out and put a match on that was uh it, it just felt special um and and everybody in the building for the most part when Ricky comes out, he definitely draws a lot of attention. Um, but I think you guys made MJ stacks the star of the show and he got to elevate himself to the same level as everyone sees his partner. And I just thought you took both those talents and put them on equal pedestals. And by the end of the match, even though they won dirty, you were like, we've played dirty before we respect it. You know what I mean? Like they won by the dirtiest way ever, but you're like, no, we we've 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 played those tactics before we respect it young man keep doing what you're doing it was just a special moment in wrestling uh and it was a special i'm literally getting chills as i'm talking about it it was a great match thank you and that was the goal was to get like to show people hey these guys are legit you know what i mean the goal was to elevate them yeah it it was done it was done very very well yeah, like when I sit down, <laughs> look, I look at that photo. <laughs> you can't see it, Which one? Uh, but uh, but somebody's in the chat named Ian, and uh, he it looks like he's selling real estate, and he has a handshake emoji because I don't know if he realizes he's on his personal and not his gimmick. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Is that in your chat? Oh my god, I I I wish I have that photo. I would put that on a t shirt immediately. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish you could see. Eric cannot see the chat on his phone. Um, but yeah, that watch it back. You're gonna like it. That was that was amazing. Uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, any other matches that stand out for you guys? Um so the matches themselves are really what usually stand out for me. It's more of like the experience and the results, you know? Yeah. Um like we was a year or so ago had a match with little guido in it and people were like oh you didn't even get to work with him but he was in the match and that doesn't matter to me what he said before the match is what matters to me and as we were walking out he goes hey man you sound like you have your shit together i ain't worried tonight and that means more than anything in a match to mm -hmm. me because somebody who's been way up here validated me that day mm -hmm. and he never was even in a ring with me yet yeah i i have another one and i'm i'm i i, I feel terrible because i forget the tag team so maybe you can fill in the blank because it, there's a lot of wrestling i've consumed or been at shows in the past couple of years but you guys were working a match at uh former outbreak now axw 
uh, and your opponents got stuck in traffic and showed up. They 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 arrived late. Um, I believe you guys had less than ten minutes, less than five to put together a match and go out there and do what you guys had to do. But also there was a moment in that match was supposed to be character building when it came to you, Diamond City or one of you guys in that. And that meant something to you. And you wanted to make the story like you want your stories to make sense. You don't want to go out there and just put a match together. And I remember being backstage and you weren't mad, but you were disappointed that your 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 opportunity to put together something special wasn't going to be there. Um, the talent showed up like I said, maybe less than 10 minutes before the match, you guys put something together, but because of your veterans and because what you guys can bring to the table and you, and, and because you work a very simple style, you're like, here's what we can do. Let's figure it out. And I remember being on commentary and when the match started happening and the match went on, and I believe it was like a 10, 12 minute match. Uh, it was, it was one of the best on the card and for having very little time to put it together. I just remember it like just saying to like BP after I'm like, that is the power of diamond city. And that is how flexible they are as a team and how good they are as veterans where they had zero prep for this match against really, really like, like hot young talent coming up on the scene, but not being from the PA scene. So not even a team you could really scout or get ready for. And you guys put together a banger. Like it was really good. Yeah, I believe that was pure ignorance. Um, there it is. And pure I ignorance, absolutely. Like I said, it takes it takes a little bit of time to put the story of the match together. Anyone couldn't put the moves in, but to put them in where they mean something and get this yeah. instead of this, that's um, so it takes a little bit of time. That's why I was bummed. Um, so we never met them before. I forget the exact time, but it was somewhere around thirty minutes before we had to go out there. Is when they got there. Um, and that is one of the only times you'll ever hear me say, all right, guys, this is what we're doing tonight, because mm -hmm. I realize they are younger and we have very limited time. We also have to stick within a time frame. And usually the younger kids overbook their time frame. So that's one of the only times I will say that 99% of the time when I sit down to go over a match, I say, OK, so what do you guys want to do today? And I will listen to what they want to do and then figure out how the story works with what they want to do. You see what I mean? But mm -hmm. that time, me and Brad had to go like, all right, guys, here's where we're going. Yeah. It was a great match. You guys killed it. It was, it was done very, very well. Um, when shifting now uh, from wrestling to photography, how did you switch gears and become a photographer for the scene and uh, start, start fall falling into that role? So if you remember earlier, you said, I hope you stick around because mm -hmm. you're you know what i mean you want you would like to have me around that's why i started doing wrestling photography is because i realized that i can't always wrestle um so i needed to find something that i could do so way back in the day i used to videotape bands all the time i was like you know let's try to get a camera and see if i can mock what johnny g is doing because he was the he was the guy around here at the time mm -hmm. so i bought a a cheap DSLR to see if I could figure it out and get any decent at it. And for two straight years, I did not take a dollar from anybody. I shot on that camera and taught myself on that camera after Johnny G showed me how to work it. And so I, that's why I did for commentary and production. <laughs> two years, yeah. I didn't, do, I didn't take so a dime. Yeah, once I once I started getting good at it, then I seriously upgraded my gear. Um, I realized I am a much better photographer than a pro wrestler. But 
that little kid that sat there and watched that Hogan and Bundy cage match did not dream of being a wrestling photographer. He dreamed of being a pro wrestler. So we're going to ride that bus until the bus crashes. Yeah. You, you, and, uh, and there's tons of amazing photographers. I'm not trying to rank or say who's better or who's not. So if your name's not said here, uh, no, please do not take offense, but something about a Eric Pinhat or a page watchy photo. It, like if, if you guys are ringside of the show, I know at the end of the day, that's going to be, the, the, the promo shots in the back are going to be good. Their in-ring stuff's going to be good. Uh, Frank Boris is another one. If I, if he's at a show, it's like, oh, you're going to get good shit. Uh, and and you, you are just as much of a value as a wrestler as a photographer. But as a photographer, too, man, you're, you're top echelon, man. You're really good at what you do. Thank you. Yeah. Um, some other ones that are coming up, too, that are doing really good. Um, Chio's daughter, Jocelyn, JoJo Photos. Yes. Chio's daughter uh, was responsible for my logo for Tornado Tag for the longest time. Kit, yeah, Kit, Kit, Kit getting suplexed by Adina was one of my favorite moments in wrestling, and she took the photo, and it helped me create the logo. Right, yeah. So she's killing it. Um, Haley, Haley's photography, she's doing really good in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brianne Davis is starting to do well. Very, yeah, yeah. And she she has a different style, too, where, like, because that PPW, they uh, – they kind of you're not really allowed to be ringside so she she takes them from like the crowd perspective and i think that's a cool take for wrestling photography where you're not ringside you know what i mean so like you have like the shoulder uh because i i I don't think they want to crowd it and because frank's ringside so they take it from like the Uh, other side of the guardrail yeah because they don't want to be like 100 people there but i think that's a good idea i think if you have more than one photographer to show if you see someone ringside uh, or two people ringside, find another spot. Like work the crowd into your shots. Like some maybe someone's hand in the air and then someone taking it. Like I think that's a dope idea for a photography. Uh, Nettie does that. She was doing that for a while where if she's not doing ringside photography, she's taking photos of the crowd reacting to the matches. I think that's a, I, I think more people should do that. Yeah, I've been watching her stuff. She's getting better too. Yeah. Like Sanctuary. If I was a photographer of Sanctuary, I would I would be like okay there's enough going on ringside I'd be walking up on the balcony I'd be walking up on the stage I would be playing the lights to the photo and like there's so much angles you can get at a wrestling show and you don't have to be ringside to get it Yeah See, the only thing about those other types of photos that you're talking about is you're shooting a high speed um you know, high speed people, I guess, that are moving pretty fast. And your camera has an autofocus on it. When you depress the shutter halfway, it's got to focus. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times when you're, when you're shooting from that far away, you end up focusing on the ropes instead of the talent in the ring because your camera autofocus there. Um, yeah. You can use manual focus, but it's pretty hard to use manual focus when you are shooting a fast moving object. So it's, it's a good, it's a good call out. That's why you are. What, that's why. That's why you're good at what you're talking about. <laughs> it's tricky yeah but yeah i'll now, be back to photography at some yeah i love when you do it when you're there i always look forward to your photos um so at the end here i, I probably should have ran this by you before we get into it but uh if you're not comfortable talking about it, you don't have to at one point in time you did have to step away from wrestling you had a little bit of an accident oh yeah my my good old face I um, I know I I never really had this conversation with you about this. If you're not comfortable doing, we don't have to. But like, no, can fine. you walk us through? Can you walk us through? Like, I I I. So two of the things with you and Brad as well. 
is at one point there's two things that you guys have have done. Um, both of you have went through giant weight loss surgeries, like not surgeries, but weight loss progressions, where you guys were very, very you're much bigger dudes than when you were, and then now you're you guys look amazing. You guys are working really like you guys work hard at your health and what you're doing. Um, and then you also had a very serious injury where you essentially broke your face at one point where they had to like, I, I, I'll let you tell the story, but you guys have gone through a lot of trials and tribulations outside of wrestling that probably maybe you shouldn't even be doing this at some, at some point because of, you know, the obstacles you've went through. So I cleared it with my doctor after the surgery and I showed him a video of me getting body slammed and he goes, <gasps> and I thought I was done forever. And then he goes, <laughs> and he goes, but you didn't look like you were hurt. I said, no, doc, I'm not hurt. I, uh, my back was a little sore, but my face is fine. And he goes, oh yeah, your face is stronger than it's ever been. So, <laughs> so I'm good there. Um, yeah. But what happened was I was actually getting myself back in shape to wrestle. Well, and I saw I was riding the bike a lot, riding the bike, riding the bike. And one night I went out, it was dark, and a little kid jumped out in front of me while I was going like 12, 13 miles per hour. So when that happened, it, like he jumped out in front of me and it felt like the world started moving in slow motion. I had time to think, oh shit, I'm too close to this kid. If I hit the brakes, I'm still going to hit him. How do I avoid him? I've got to crash. So I crashed. And as I'm crashing, I remember thinking, oh, shit, if I land on my face, my glasses are going to shatter in my eyes. But I literally felt my glasses, what felt like this going off my face as I'm going to the ground, just kind of like slow motion flying off my face. And then, pow, I landed face first on the blacktop and shattered this whole cheek. So there are 25 screws and five metal plates holding that cheek together. And they're all still in there. They're all still in there, yeah. How they put them in, I don't know if you'll be able to see it on here. Yeah, you do have a. It's, 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 you have a big glare there. It's hard to see, but you do have a really. Uh, okay. You have a gnarly so scar going across, yeah. Yeah, there's a big scar going ear to ear, and they took my face down to my nose, kind of, fixed my skull, put my face back on, and stapled it like you would be watching in a horror movie. Wow. I rested. I would have been like. Later. I would have been like, can you take photos while you're doing this? Like, <laughs> oh, I have. you have photos of your face off? Yes. If you ever want to see them, I'll show them to you. Oh, definitely. Bring them to the next show. I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah. So the same, the, I, I had a foot surgery and the same doctor that did my foot surgery did my face. So I knew he had taken pictures of my foot because he showed me them. So I was like, hey, did you take any of my face? It took me three weeks to get him to give them to me, but I got them. Yeah, so they so they literally face off. They took your face off, fixed your cheekbone, and then put your face back on. Yeah, it ain't pretty, but it's expensive. Yeah, that's crazy. So <laughs> now, do you do you, are you worried about like taking a shot or a punch or a boot to your to to where you're previously damaged? No, this this post actually just came across my Facebook from four years ago. It came across my memories. Um, so one night we were at the old backbreakers. And I noticed that a lot of the kids were having trouble with their punches because they were afraid to accidentally hit somebody for real. So what does Eric do? He gets on his knees and he says, punch me in the head and I will tell you if it's too hard to actually hit somebody. Um, what the goal of that was, was to break their fear of actually hitting somebody. Was it conventional? Absolutely not. Did it work? 
yes. <laughs> but I got punched in the head. I got punched in the head like a hundred times that day with a broken face. Crazy. Yeah. Uh yeah. so when you go through X-ray machines, you you're you're all like terminated out. I don't know. I've never gone through anything since I've had it. I mean, I have had dental x-rays and they, they didn't say anything. Like they know it's in there, but they didn't yeah. say anything. Is it just your cheek or does it go up like uh, in the eye as well, like the orbital? No, only like the break is like right here. But after they put my face back on and everything healed, I had nerve damage from for years. So it traced the whole scar all the way down to my nose, back up to my ear, my whole head. Like if I touched it, it felt like I had like a spider sense. It would just tingle all the way and spider web across my head. And then I got COVID and it pretty much went away. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> I think I had the only positive well, side effect of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if I would have flashed photos of your face peeled off on the podcast? <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> At my old job where I was working when it happened, there was this lady who was an asshole. And every time she would be an asshole after that, I'd go up to her like, hey, check this out and show her a picture of my bloody face on my phone. You should take you should asshole. take that photo and put it on a t-shirt and be like, Eric Pinhat, I ain't dead yet. Make it look like an album cover. Dude, nobody would buy it. It's a gross fucking photo. <laughs> I'd buy it. Uh, we were just talking about in our Discord the other night um, of a metal band where I guess like the lead singer um, unalived himself and then his bandmate took a photo of his body and they made it an album cover. I was like, what the fuck? Some Swedish death metal band. That's it was. <laughs> it's crazy. I was like, yeah. So anything will be. You could use anything. You could use your surgery photos for a. Uh, um, a like people would buy it. But uh, if there's any other questions in the chat, please get them in, and we'll 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 get them in here because we are wrapping up. Uh, Eric, if there's like I said, you've been around a very long time. I appreciate your time for coming on here. Uh, let, let's let's show some love. Uh, what are some promotions or some talent out there that people should be checking out or spending their time or people in the industry they should be showing some love to? Of course, the homies at Smash, Smash Master Wrestling. I was actually going to put that in my links, but I didn't want to over. I didn't want to overpower you with links. So instead of my own, I was going to put a Smash Master. Well, the Smash Master um, is if you're on my page, you scroll down to companies I work for, and they're like the third one in there so that people can go subscribe. And please do. That is home at the moment. Um, Frontier is up and coming. They are working on growing their, their product, but they do put on pretty good shows. Um, right now, that's pretty much it that that we do we don't do too much at this time i'm hurt so i haven't been pushing too hard i've been hurt for two years pretty much um so i haven't been pushing too hard recently to try to get more bookings because my shoulder is injured doesn't affect safety but it hurts yeah um real quick um, in the chat uh marine says um hey it's matt's mom we are at icons we met many of his favorites and blew them away around what you knew i i think i missed you guys literally by 20 minutes um by the time you guys got there we had to leave to go to the other show that i had to get prepped for but uh we will we will definitely link up soon uh matthew holland in the chat i definitely will we'll, we'll get to you soon buddy and hang out uh john says do you have any barbecue recipes to share i do have barbecue sauce recipes but no i will not share them <laughs> That's my that's my pride and joy there. That's another thing Eric does very well. We had a cook. We should do that again this year. Uh, Sanctuary. We had a a a cookout 
um maybe one of the shows it doesn't have to just be sanctuary it could be smash or high tension but this summer we should definitely bring a grill to a show and cook out uh and your your barbecue recipe was fantastic that was just a really good bonding experience of everyone just hanging out and 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 do that um it was it was a lot of fun but uh yeah yeah and any anything else out there yeah the one at the sanctuary is literally the reason i did it is because of that family conversation we had earlier i Mm -hmm. wanted to cultivate so that's the reason I worked on getting that all organized. Um, the Frontier one last year, I was just the, or the high, the Frontier high tension one. I was just the barbecue guy. I had nothing to do with setting that one up. I was just the cook. Yeah. Uh, John says, I drink it straight. Yo, I've seen people drink it sitting in the crowd at wrestling shows, like sipping it out of jars. It's wild. That's crazy. I, it's good, but I don't think it's that good. <laughs> But I guess those people who drink it think otherwise. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Eric. Please, everyone, uh, check out uh, Eric's links below. Uh, also search Diamond City War Machines. Where can people buy merchandise uh, or anything like that? You could just see us at shows. We have a pro wrestling tease, um, but I don't know if there's anything on there. Brad takes care of that, so I don't know exactly what is up there. Yeah. I have two... I have but two... Yeah. Uh, uh, Two Diamond City shirts. I have the green and black one, even though it's the eagle colors. I I bought it under protest. Uh, and then I have the gray one with the diamond on it. Yeah, those are the only two that are out. We did just link up with some graphic designer guy. Um, so we are going to be working on new stuff in the future. How far in the future beats me. We haven't figured that out yet. But we yeah. are working on new We need new merch. We need new gear. So we are working on ideas right now. Yeah, we'll definitely show them guys support. Uh, go to your shows, support them, follow them, uh, see where they're going to be out very soon, and uh, and we'll and we'll uh, you know we'll see you guys then. But uh, thank you guys so much for the support, hanging out with us. Tons of people in here today. A lot of a lot of views, a lot of likes. People showing love on either Facebook uh, or YouTube side of things. Like I said once again, if you are watching or listening to this uh, anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, the whole nine, uh, search ABJ Podcast and give a subscribe with some reviews. Head over to the YouTube channel, and hit subscribe. We're we're ten away from six hundred, still grinding slowly up to that one k. But thank you guys so much for the continued support. We'll be back later on this week, this Thursday. Uh, we'll be w- talking to the other half of Diamond City War Machines, Brad DeMeo, uh, for the podcast. Then we'll be talking to High Ground star Nathaniel Cuttingham. And then ending the month with the queen of independent wrestling, Mary Elizabeth. Uh, she's amazing, but uh, you know, I, I, I can't stand that Tommy Vex. I would never support him in a million years. I'm wearing his shirt, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but thank you guys so much. And like I said, the new ABJ shirt is available. If you want to get the duct tape shirt, it is there. Huge thank you to Kai from the discord for making that for me. I may have a new logo coming very, very soon. I will say it's very skook inspired. So if you're from school County, you will know a hundred percent what this logo means. If you're not, it probably won't mean anything to you. I don't really sell much logo, any much merchandise anyway. So pretty much at this point, I'm just making it for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so two inspired, three inspired Skook logos coming very, very soon. Um, the entire month of May or April is, yes, April is booked up. So we went through the whole list the other day. No more people will be taken in the month of April. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a, that's a, I think I think I made a Facebook post saying who's all there. So if you want to go check it out on Facebook, uh, you can check that out. But Eric, once again, thank you for your time, brother. We'll see you guys next time. 
Here's some music by Billy Trey, and we'll see you on Thursday with Brad DeMeo.